0: Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around your period? Are you wondering if it's possible to be feminist and anti-birth control? We're going to explore these questions and so much more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in this journey of exploration related to women's health care, feminism, and fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you on today.
1: Hi, Bridget. So good to be with you. And I really am looking forward to our conversation.
0: Before we get into your story and your work, I'm going to do some introductions here for everyone listening. Melissa Bucken believes that a well-charted menstrual cycle is a powerful daily empowerment practice. 15 years in the fertility awareness arena, her passion for coaching and advocating for women and couples paved the path to her new program, Chart Your Cycle, an online coaching platform empowering women around the world to know their bodies, confidently practice natural birth control, navigate infertility, and advocate for their own restorative reproductive healthcare. The first neo fertility advisor in the United States and a Duke-trained and board-certified health and wellness coach, Melissa uses a coaching framework to help women create a well-charted cycle that serves as a diagnostic tool to investigate the root cause of reproductive and hormonal imbalance issues. She helps her clients build a web of support with clinicians who take a restorative approach to women's health care, and she partners with her clients to create a customized plan of action for meaningful lifestyle shifts that optimize health and well-being. This is an incredible bio and just the work that you're doing. So let's get into the specifics, you know, telling us more about your story and how you became passionate about women's health. I mean, 15 years in this space and doing so much, starting so many different programs. This is incredible.
1: Thank you, Bridget. Yeah, my story does come from a place of of really uh, a personal story of both a spiritual awakening as well as a a conversion to living a healthier lifestyle. So um, to kind of take you where I began, I'm going to take you back to when I was a high schooler. So I'm in high school studying French and getting ready to travel abroad. And actually fast forward, I am traveling abroad, spending a summer as a foreign exchange student. And I feel awful. I feel absolutely horrible. I actually think I have a kidney infection. So I'm navigating a foreign country, a foreign language, And I I am just trying to figure out what's going on with my body. Lo and behold, what I thought was a kidney infection because I was in so much pain was actually severe menstrual cramps. And long story short, it was absolutely embarrassing, ruined the host sheets uh, the family was staying at. And as soon as I got back to the United States, of course, I shared with my family what had happened and my mom took me straight to the doctor. This wasn't so uncommon for me to have really painful periods. They happened, you know, only a couple of times a year, but we wanted answers. Why were my cycles so regular? Why was I in so much pain? And on top of all of that, I was really struggling with chronic fatigue. I wanted to feel better. We were kind of in a desperate place. And the information, the support that I was given Bridget was that my only option was the birth control pill. And Here I was 16, 17 years old to kind of add insult to injury. I was also advised that if I ever wanted children, IVF would probably be my only option. I was not thinking about having a family at all. I just wanted to feel well. I didn't even know what IVF meant. So I started taking the pill. It did regulate my cycles. The pain was mitigated. It did nothing to touch the fatigue. Actually, I think it made it a lot worse. But I carried on in that fashion for a while, still feeling, mm, I guess would say, not quite as miserable as I was before the pill. It did help manage some of the symptoms. Now, during this time, so these were the health issues I was struggling with. I was also having a conversion of faith. This was around the time of my confirmation in high school. And I decided, okay, well, this Catholic faith is interesting to me. It's something that I want to explore and as I did that, I learned about theology of the body. And I remember sitting in my senior year in high school, sitting in a theology of the body Bible study and hearing the the church's teaching on contraception. And my mind was blown. I had never heard about this before. The beauty of it made logical sense to me, just the dignity of the woman's body. But here I was on the pill. It was kind of like my secret. I didn't want anybody to know. I was on it for health reasons. And so I kind of felt like, wow, this is a beautiful teaching. It's a challenging teaching, but I have my way out. I have to be on the pill. And, you know, like, am I ever going to find a guy who's actually on board with this whole thing, NFP? So that's kind of where I got started, but then fast forward a couple of years into university, I was studying biology and I remember a unit on human um, anatomy and physiology. We're studying the female reproductive system and our professor took us through the mechanics of how the birth control pill worked. And that was my aha moment. I was in college studying biology, digging into my faith and actually working really hard to try to live a healthy life to restore some of my energy. I was eating well. I was exercising, doing all the right things, but pumping my body with synthetic hormones that were essentially shutting down a reproductive system. So after learning how it worked and having that aha moment that I was doing nothing to heal my body, I went back to my apartment and I threw the packet of pills in the trash and I began looking for answers. And a, a couple led me to charting my cycle. I was able to connect with a nap pro physician and actually get a diagnosis. And that paved my way to healing. So <laughs> that's kind of a lengthy um, story, but that's where this all began.
0: That's incredible though. I mean, just the different ways and the different connection points that you had along your journey in those aha moments, you know, where you're realizing, okay, this, you know, hormonal contraception is somewhat mitigating my pain, but I'm not feeling amazing, but I'm feeling better, you know? So there's something to be said there. Okay. So the synthetic hormones are doing something for me, something's going on. And then in the process, you're also having this conversion of faith and you're realizing, okay, dignity of of the person, dignity of woman, the goodness of her body and wondering, okay, how is this supposed to all line up? What the heck am I supposed to really be doing here? I mean, I think this is your story is one that I think resonates with a lot of women, you know, where they're in this place of wanting answers. And the only answer their doctor is giving them is hormonal contraception. And so they're thinking, okay, well, it's, it's better than nothing but it's still not getting at those root causes and figuring out what's really going on. And then if you are, are Catholic, you're hearing about these practices around natural family planning and birth control and thinking what on earth is this all about? And I think we often forget the, the aspect of wholeness that the church promotes and really helping and wanting to, you know, promote this opportunity for women to receive help to wholeness, to helping her body be the best that it can be and optimally, ovulating, feeling well, not just for the sake of having babies, but ultimately for the dignity of, of who we are as women, that our bodies are good, which I think is often, you know, can be missing from the conversation. So you've gone on this whole, this whole journey, and now you're in this position, you know, you've been in the space professionally of fertility awareness. When did that shift for you? Was it through your own experience that you realized I have to be in this professionally, or was that something that came at a later time?
1: Yeah, it was not long after that. So I began charting my cycle and it was the whole encounter of really feeling like I was being heard. I had somebody who was listening to the pain that I was going through and acknowledging it, not telling me that it was all in my head or I just needed to take a pill and it would magically go away. And then interacting with it, with physicians who took it a step further and said, you know, there are other options other than the pill. Um, it's a lot of work, but you are worth that work. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, creating a customized plan, it was a lot of experimentation to, to learn about my body and what worked right for me. But I knew when I experienced that, that this was not just for me, that this approach to women's healthcare needs to be spread. It needs to be spread like wildfire. <laughs> every woman deserves this type of care. So I did my part in helping spread this message by Going through a certification program. Um, I became first a fertility care practitioner. So I went through Pope Paul the Sixth crate model training and then later became certified and helped start a fertility care center at St. Mary's and College Station and just one thing after another.
0: That's fantastic. I love that your own story influenced the work that you do and just how much that connects into your desire to help women and that passion that it clearly comes through and that you are wanting women to know this and that they should know this. I mean, this really is information that doesn't need to be hidden or kept away. And I think that challenge of figuring out, okay, how do we, you know, think about the medical community getting on board. Like when we find that doctor, that's really interested and in wanting to explore more. It's like, okay, this is like diamond in the rough. Sometimes I think it can really feel that way, especially when you're looking for answers. So you know,
1: Bridget. Yeah. I think, I think that's so important. One of the most common pieces of feedback I get from women when they start working with me, um, it's really twofold. One is why have I not ever heard about this before? And why don't doctors talk about this and they usually come with a sense of of either frustration or guilt, like almost anger and guilt. And so we have to really work through that because you're right. It's not widespread enough. And so what can we do? So I I just want to kind of put that back to you, but we are in this stage, I think of really finding sustainable, scalable solutions to make this approach widespread so that women everywhere can really encounter what it is to know and accept their bodies
0: your point about that experience when women learn about this, I think, especially in a space when they're looking for answers and not finding it or, you know, I I think past that college age, I think that college age of women, you know, there's that, you're in that environment of learning that this information, if you, if you receive it around that time, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And you, and you start soaking it up. And beyond that post that post-graduation age, I would say, Um, I notice more and more of those feelings of guilt or frustration. Um, And just seeing that that response is just so heartbreaking to see because there's only so much, you know, a woman is, is trying to do to push and to prod a doctor and then to finally say, okay, do I change doctors if this individual doesn't understand what they're looking for or can't help me? And I think it's so important to recognize those Feelings and those emotions that go into this, that it's not sometimes so cut and dry as it, it may seem. You know, I think when you hear this information, you're thinking this is going to be so great and it is great. But I think sometimes that process, depending on your story, can feel like your head against the wall. And so I think it's so great to have different organizations that are working in this space, like you said, the scalability and figuring out, okay, how do we get this information out there? How do we build additional networks of support so that if a woman isn't finding it in in one setting or with one particular doctor, there's someone else she can find and she can work with who can help her or who is more interested in saying, okay, I have the information and I have the research available and the expertise to take you on a journey. that really brings me to my next question, just telling us more about your own business and how you're working with women and really offering that space for women to be able to actively learn more and seek out opportunities to advocate for their own health.
1: Yes. So my program, it is an online coaching program called Chart Your Cycle. This program has both a group component as well as one-on-one coaching. The The overall guiding principle is that we are educating women in fertility awareness. So we are teaching them how to chart their menstrual cycle, according to a medical management model, so that it can be a powerful diagnostic tool. That's the educational component. That's the easy part of the program. Any woman can learn to chart her cycle and learn how to chart it well. The work comes then into taking that data, interpreting it, and then understanding what you want to do with that data so that you can reach what you have envisioned for yourself in a way that aligns with your values. And that's what makes my program a bit unique compared to other fertility awareness programs is that I do take an authentic coach approach. A coach approach is not necessarily just a teacher teaching a student how to chart. There is that educational component, but we take it a step further that we enter a partnership with our clients, helping them to, to solve problems around, you know, I'm not getting the type of healthcare that I want. How can I, what does that look like? And why do I want this? What am I willing to compromise? What is non-negotiable? And we walk that journey together. And going back to what you said said about, you know, there's not a clear cut solution to this. Each person has their own individual story and their own individual path. And that's where I think the coaching component of my program, Chart Your Cycle, really offers women, and equips them with that skill set and the confidence to be their own self-advocate so that they can pursue the type of health care that they desire.
0: So can you tell us more about the, the coaching aspect? That's what I'm so interested by when we've chatted before that health coaching approach. And then like you said, the coach approach, how that training impacts your work. And what does that look like as an example, a little bit more specifically of what it might look like if someone were to work with you?
1: Yeah. So um, I guess I'll start a little bit with my training. So um, about two years ago, I went through Duke Integrative Medicine's uh, professional health training program. And then this spring, I sat for the national board certification exam. So really excited to be able to bring that, that training and credential to my program. So what it looks like, and for, for women um, who have no experience with, with charting their cycle, then... It's kind of hard to compare to, but for those of you who may have had some sort of, of training, the focus as it should be is on charting and then interpreting that data. That is crucial, but what is the next step? And that's where the coaching partnership comes in. So first we begin with looking at understanding in a coaching relationship, the client is really steering the conversation. It is not me telling them what to do. It's them. It's the client painting a picture of what the vision of their health is. And then I am there to guide the conversation, to supplement with resources and educational support so that they can get from point A to point B and make their vision a reality without compromising their values. And I think this has a great significance, especially when we're talking about medical management of health, women's health care from a Catholic perspective. Um, especially let's say for, we're talking about an area of infertility when we're addressing issues of infertility, that is a deep burden, a painful burden that a woman, um, must endure. And oftentimes there's a level of desperation there. And so she's going to a healthcare provider in a state of vulnerability, asking for guidance. And oftentimes they are just recommended to the IVF clinics. And that does not their vision. So that going to the IVAF clinic, that that's in line with their overall vision of becoming a parent, but it's compromising their values. And so if you don't understand what your values are and what you're willing to say yes to, and what you're willing to say no to women find them, these themselves in these messy, painful situations of how did I even get here in the first place? So the coach approach, we, and I'm kind of being uh, um, kind of a bird's eye view here, but we're really helping the woman gain confidence in what she wants and what she stands for so that she can be her own self-advocate and make well-informed choices for her healthcare decisions.
0: That's great. And it's really helpful. I like the bird's eye view because I think it helps just paint a bigger picture for what it looks like um, from your specific viewpoint and from what you're offering is for individuals coming in. So, for the women that you coach, are, are you serving every woman? Is there an age range that you particularly work with or, um, you know, certain types of women with certain types of cycle issues? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so in our, in our your cycle program, we actually have three coaches. And so we can serve... Uh, women of childbearing age in any reproductive category. My personal area of interest is women of childbearing age who are married and struggling with infertility, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome. That tends to be my wheelhouse. However, I often work with women who are charting for family planning to space, uh, pregnancies or while breastfeeding. So, um, I, I, can serve, you know, a variety of women, but my, my passion is for those women with um, reproductive health conditions.
0: That's awesome. I just, um, I'm, I'm just loving all the different ways in which you're serving women and helping them and just giving the options for care. You know, I think that's the, the biggest piece that I hear from women, you know, going back to those feelings of frustration or guilt is oftentimes that So, you know, there are a lot of things at the core, but one of them being, you know, not feeling like they had options, not knowing that there were options and, you know, in a sense feeling somewhat hoodwinked, like, okay, well, why wasn't I told this? Like, if this is so good, why are we hiding it? Um, How do you address those, those emotions and those feelings? Like, I know that looks different for every person, but Mm -hmm. I think in general, you know, how do we, how do we navigate those conversations and expand upon them? So women don't feel so alone.
1: Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is an individual conversation for each and every woman of how to release that, that anger or that frustration. I, I think we have to come back to the conversation of understanding that a lot of physicians don't know that there are options, A, And B, in the area of, we have to look at what a diseased model is and medicine, modern medicine, it serves its place. It is a beautiful thing. We would not be where we are in society without it, but it operates from a disease-based model rather than a patient-centered model. However, in my years of work, I have learned that if a woman shows up to her doctor informed and willing to engage in a conversation, willing to ask questions, the, pa- the doctor will easily, easily transition their mindset to a patient-centered approach. It's just, they are conditioned. And the way the system is set up is for that disease model approach. They have 15 minutes with their patient and it's typically somebody coming in with a the problem. They want a quick fix solution. So you get the pill that alleviates symptoms and you move on your way. So for the woman, of course, we just first have to acknowledge the system. It is what it is. Where can you insert yourself into that to be an agent of change? Do you want to be an agent of change? How important is it for you to engage in these types of conversations with your physicians? So women can get excited about these, these concepts, but then when push comes to shove, and it's actually time to go to their doctor and have these conversations, you can kind of get wet feet. It it gets a little bit intimidating And I completely understand that. So equipping them, of course, with the knowledge, with a list of questions that they can take to their physicians to ask, and above all else, showing up to those doctor's appointments with a well-charted cycle in hand that they can confidently and intelligently communicate where they are in their menstrual cycle, the types of symptoms that they are experiencing, and do so in a way that gives the doctor the information that they need to to make further um, evaluations. I think a lot of times doctors just are under the assumption that this is too much work. Women don't want to do this. We're asking too much of them. It's so much easier to be put on the pill, to have an IUD, to get a shot and be on your way. But in my line of work and working with women over the years, I find the exact opposite is true. Women are more than willing to do the work to learn about the body, to learn about that hormonal roller coaster that not only It helps them identify days of fertility and infertility, but helps them tap into their feminine genius, their shifting moods, their energy, their ability to create or to rest. We are not little men. We should not be expected to operate at the same cadence as men. We have our own unique rhythm and it's called womanhood. Um, so, so I guess that was a long winded uh, answer to your, to your question, but it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's great. I, I, especially,
0: oh, so many good points. I'm going to call out a couple here. The, the first being I'm starting with the latter identifying, you know, the feminine genius and, and our womanhood and that we're not little men. I know Dr. Stacey Sims says that a lot in, in focusing on uh, physiology and exercise science and recognizing women can actually you know, take cycle information and put it towards workouts and having positive outcomes and better outcomes than just trying to act like men and thinking, okay, we don't have hormonal shifts. We don't have anything. We just have to keep running this race when really we're not, I pulling back and saying, okay, why am I, why am I running so hard? What am I doing? Why do I feel terrible? You know, really answering some of these, these deeper questions to see, okay, what does this mean? If I really lean into how I'm created instead of fighting it and the power that comes from that, I think that's just so important and so valuable And we, you know, we're seeing this with different individuals in the space, you know, working specifically to help you align your cycle with your schedule or utilize cycle syncing so that you can have really impactful workouts and, you know, women sharing their stories then of the positive impact that these choices have made you know they have better running times they're having more profound workouts and you know seeing the muscle building that they've been wanting to achieve for years or individuals finding that their schedules aren't as overwhelming to them because they're really tapping into times of their cycles where they're more creative they have more energy they're honoring their bodies and saying okay when i need rest i'm building in that rest time and i think the value that we have from our from our bodies and the data that we chart like you said, goes beyond, you know, when am I fertile, when am I infertile, but the story that it tells and and how we can really maximize our everyday experience. And I think that's often what I don't know that if it's gotten lost, but I think, you know, and I think we are conditioned to think about reproductive health and fertility as, oh, babies. Well, I don't want babies, so this isn't for me, or I want babies eventually, but I don't need to figure that out. And to have these conversations expanded upon and to realize that this is so much more. Than having babies, although very good and an important part of your reproductive health and how your system is functioning, you know, there's so much more that your body is telling you this doesn't need to be so separate. It should never be separate. Um, And I I really love that. And what you said about the doctor's office and actually preparing and helping women to feel confident in going in, because I was just thinking, you know, if I had to go in, I love the idea of talking to a doctor and advocating. Right. But to actually do it, it's intimidating, even if you like your doctor, because you're coming in with information that you don't know how it may or may not be, you know, received and then trying to figure out, okay, like what questions should I ask? Am I asking the right questions? And just that the power and having the tools that we need to advocate and to have the support system in place, like what you're offering through coaching to so that women know, okay, what are the questions that I want to have answered? What do I want to know about my body? Where am I hoping to go? What are my goals?
1: Yeah. All, all excellent points and it's such good stuff. And it's, it's not easy. You're absolutely right. It's not easy to go to a medical professional. These folks have spent years of their life dedicated to practicing medicine. They're experts in their field. At the same time, they're not an expert in your own unique body. You know, your body best.
0: Exactly. And that I think is the biggest piece that I think we just need to keep reiterating to women really I mean it's just like you know yourself best you know if you're not feeling well you know what that does how that impacts you on a daily basis what that means for you and and to want answers is not a bad thing and it doesn't mean that you're creating you know problems you're really you're trying to find solutions and to find those answers which is so important something else I want to tap into here that was mentioned in In our introduction, here was that you're the first neo fertility advisor in the United States. Can you tell us more about neo fertility and what that role (laughs) means as well? You are in everything. I love this. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a fun title and it's an honor to be um, knighted a neo fertility advisor. So, neo fertility is the new kid on the block when we talk about fertility awareness based methods. It is a multi-index approach using cervical mucus and external, um, observations, um, of, of that cervical mucus as well as basal body temperature. Um, and it was created by Dr. Phil Boyle, who is a physician in Dublin, Ireland. He has the Neofertility Clinic specializing in infertility with great success rates. And I, I met Dr. Boyle and learned of his work years ago when I was attending a, a conference, um, in New Orleans and he was, he was speaking on a couple of different topics. So I followed his work and it was right after, um, our house flooded. (laughs) We, we, I actually lost years of charting. Um, I was paper charting and it was, it was just a difficult time and I was really devastated to lose all of these charts. It was at a time when I was taking my, um, my fertility awareness program completely online. And I said, okay, we need a solution. So we c- became connected through a series of conversations of, of me wanting to help out with an app. So I started with the Chartneo app. So I'm a co-founder of the Chartneo app. This is an app that utilizes the, the new fertility approach, but it is also created to be friendly to any other fertility. We're in a space method out there. So if you chart Creighton or Billings or Symptothermal <laughs> Um, or Marquette, you can use this online platform. It's both an app and it has a secure web portal. So through that, we began developing the app and well, I needed to become a new fertility advisor. So it's through the actual direct mentorship of Dr. Phil Boyle, meeting with him every single week, learning about his case studies, doing um, auditing his physician training program that I have have earned the title and am able to work as a new fertility advisor. So it's a really, again, a privilege and an honor to have his direct mentorship. Again, it's a new kid on the block, new fertility. Um, He just finished training his first official cohort of new fertility advisors in the UK. Um, That's where his main focus is. But I'm very, very hopeful that training will be expanding to the United States in the near future.
0: That is so great. So, can you tell us a little more with the Chart Neo app specifically, since you're a part of that team and designing it? How how does it work, and who is it for?
1: Yeah. So, so Chart Neo, it, again, it's an app and web portal, and it takes the proven elements from the top fertility awareness based methods. It brings them all together in one platform so that women can chart for family planning, infertility evaluation, um, health assessment there are so many apps on the market i get asked all the time why in the world are you creating an app when there are a million cycle charting apps to choose from well i couldn't find one that fit my standard most of them use population-based algorithms a lot of them are predictive telling you where you are in your cycle when only you can know where you are in your cycle and another really important part is that this is intimate data. And a lot of apps are, are fishing out selling your data. And I can't think of any data that I want to be more secure than my own, you know, personal intimate menstrual um, cycle health. So we, we do really protect that data. We follow HIPAA and GDPR guidelines, actually working towards HIPAA compliance this year. So you enter the data and it is a place where you, you, your charts there, you can have notes, you can insert medications you're taking, lab results. And then if you are working with an instructor or a fertility coach, and they apply to be a provider in the program, which if you're interested right now, it is free. It is free to have access and be a provider in the Chart Neo platform. Then you can connect in a confidential way, client and instructor, client and coach to share that information. So, So that when you are working with the client, there's not the headache of sharing the chart and getting data transferred. It's all right there in this secure portal and app so that the focus is on that client coach or that client instructor interaction with all of the technical stuff taken care of.
0: That's so great from the standpoint of privacy. And I mean, all of it is great, but you know, just that standpoint of privacy and removing the headache for providers who are worried about HIPAA, but then also as a user so that you're not having to think about, okay, well, where is this going? Who is it going to? Is it secure or not? Do I need to care or not? You know, I think there's so many questions that go into play when we're using different apps. And I want to touch base a little bit more on the predictive aspect. Can you share a little bit more about that and what that means and how this differentiates from other methods? Because I know this is a question that I've received a lot. you know, what, what apps are best or women being confused um, by some of the concerns that are coming up in the medical community around predictive apps and why that's a concern.
1: Right. So predictive apps, again, it's taking a population-based algorithm and they typically only work with reliable accuracy in women who have regular menstrual cycles. So you consistently need to have a cycle between typically 28 to 35 days, no shorter, no, no longer. And so we're basically just taking basic biology and applying it to it and saying, okay, you're probably ovulating around cycle day 14 and your period's coming up next week. Um, There are again, maybe some algorithms that, that put in a little personal data to help customize it, but generally speaking, any given cycle can throw you for a loop. Uh, Our cycles are regularly irregular. Even the woman with the most predictable cycles will have a cycle on occasion where ovulation either comes prematurely, a little earlier than expected, or it is postponed. And in those cases, an app that's telling you that you're ovulating, well, how in the world can it know that you're ovulating? So what we're doing with the Chart Neo app is we do interpret data. So we, if the data is entered, um, it's important that you know how to enter the data correctly and it will interpret it. But it's interpreting it based on its merits. For example, is this peak type mucus or nine peak type mucus? Or is this considered a dry day based on what you have observed and inputted into the app? Or based on a series of, of temperature inputs, have you experienced a temp shift? So what we're doing is we're trying to alleviate the time and energy to know how to interpret some of the basic steps so that you can focus on the good observations. Uh, A well-charted cycle is only as good as the data you provide. We only have so much energy in a day and, you know, Let's be realistic. Charting your cycle is not top priority for most women. So, our goal and priority is to make this as simple and streamlined as possible so that women can engage as little energy as possible for the greatest outcome. So, when charting with the Chart New you App, you're not having to um, understand and know how to insert specific codes or how to round to specific um, deviations with the temperature. You simply put in what you are experiencing. The app will interpret based on evidence-based protocols, but it's not going to tell you if you're ovulating. It's not going to tell you what phase of of your cycle you're in. You have to determine that yourself. So that's where your energy goes. Your energy goes into learning what a well charted cycle looks like, what the phases of the menstrual cycle are, and how to make a good observation. And then the app does all of the heavy lifting for you.
0: That's so fantastic. And this app is available now, correct?
1: Absolutely. Go to uh, Google Play, um, iOS, and you just type in Chart Neo, and you can find it. It is a 45 day free trial, and we try to keep it very affordable. So a year subscription is less than $10
0: oh, that's wicked affordable.
1: It is wicked affordable. (laughs) And like I said, on the, on the provider. And so if you're listening to this conversation and maybe you are an instructor of a particular method, maybe you're a physician who is interested in um, having the ability to to receive and look at women's charts, you can go to chartnew.com and there is a section where you can apply to be a provider. We vet everybody who applies and you will be approved, but there's no charge for it.
0: That's so great. I know I'm going to send it to my doctor. So she's aware. I know she's always le- interested in learning more and and getting trained in different methods to be able to expand and then share with her community. So that's fantastic. Yes. We're, very much a, a year. Yeah, yeah, we're very much
1: a grassroots movement. And our, our passion and mission is just to, again, get this as widespread as possible, because women so often say, I didn't know that this was an option. I didn't know that I could take this, this chart and take it to my doctor. And I firmly believe that every woman should show up to her annual well-opened exam with a well-charted cycle in hand. I mean, heck, just think about the last time you went to the dentist office. What's the first question they ask you? They ask you when was the first day of your last menstrual period? The dentist. So we need to know this information. And if a doctor knows that, that you have the data, they're going to want to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I love you're calling out just the the dentist question because some people would be like what but it's true <laughs> you know it's the, it's this information that yeah. so many you know you just don't realize like where it comes into play in different offices you know especially in mm-hmm. doctors' offices and just different places of care I mean it's like yeah. this is this is critical vital information that helps you it vital
1: and you're absolutely right well charted cycle is the fifth vital sign in women it's stated mm-hmm. in the medical literature.
0: Yeah, this is so great. I'm so excited for individuals to hear this episode and to be able to check out Chart Neo and the work that you're doing for coaching. If they're in a space, you know, if you're listening and you're in a space that you are realizing, wow, I need a, a coach, I need this support, do it. <laughs> it is so worth it to be walking with someone and to have that support to really be getting into the questions and looking at your life in. really a, a model of integration of wholeness to see okay where are these places and these spaces that i need to be more attentive and you know beyond charting your cycle you know it's looking at sleep it's looking at nutrition it's looking at personal care products like there's so many different aspects that really impact our health that we need to start bringing these conversations to the forefront
1: I think that's so important and I just want to kind of um, double back on that when you started mentioning lifestyle changes. So a lot of doctors fully, fully recognize the importance of lifestyle shifts to help balance hormones, to help with irregular cycles, polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, infertility. But again, they only have so much time. So they will advise within a 15 minute window. Okay. You need to do X, Y, and Z, but In reality, that's okay. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Good luck. I really can't provide you much support beyond that. That's where we insert things like health coaching, nutrition counseling, where you've been told what to do, but now it's up to you to go and do the hard work so that you can see positive change in your overall health. And sometimes we need somebody to walk that path with us because it's too overwhelming or maybe we don't have the skill set or the knowledge to be able to navigate that ourselves. So that's where somebody like a health coach will come in. You can say, okay, my doctor said I need to potentially you know lose some weight or change my diet or manage my insulin resistance how do I do that? I don't even know what insulin resistance is. And and so that's where, like, that's the work I'd love to do is to help women say, okay, we have a goal. Let's map out a plan of action so that you can reach that finish line.
0: That's great. And I think, you know, setting those goals and figuring out, okay, where do I need to go and having the support. I think in some ways when we hear that the doctor isn't available to help us in that, it's like, oh my gosh, like what what am I even going to do? But really I think to transition that mindset, you know, and, and realize this is great because you get to pick someone that you work well with that resonates for you, that you find, you know, their offerings are really tailored in where you want to go because maybe there's additional support that you need that you're realizing, okay, well my doctor said that I need to really work on some of the n- nutritional aspects of my life. But I also really find like my sleep is impacted so that to be able to really tailor who you work with and what you're doing so that you can get in much more deeply into your own life and goal setting and figuring out what are some of these root causes, what's going on at the foundation and what can I do to, you know, live a whole and a full life. I mean, this is just so great. And one of the most amazing aspects to me, I think in the space of fertility awareness is just seeing the opportunity to live in wholeness, to live a healthy life and truly healthy, not just I work out and I eat well, but know that you feel good, you know, that this Mm -hmm. is impacting so many different aspects of who you are, your mental health, your self image, you know, environmentally, how you're serving your family. If you have a family or your roommates or, you know, your coworkers, that this is something that impacts so much more. Then just oh yeah like the scale says this number so that means good or oh yeah I feel pretty good and I eat you know lots of fruits and veggies like it's it's so much deeper which is so good
1: so so important so important and I think the important thing to realize because as women are are listening to this it's very very exciting a mantra that I hold near and dear to my heart are there are no shortcuts to any place worth going because living an integrated life takes work it takes making a commitment to yourself, and you are so very worth it. And being able to make choices and forgiving yourself when the choice maybe wasn't the best that that we made on a particular day. That's okay. We're not striving for for perfection. We are striving for being content with ourselves, being um, self-compassionate, growing in self-awareness and ultimately growing it in that self-acceptance of who we are.
0: That's so great. Okay, Melissa, final question for you. What is your recommendation for someone who's who's hearing this and they're thinking, okay, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. There's lots of options, lots of choices. What's one thing I can do to start instead of being inundated and then thinking I'm going to step away and not come back to it?
1: Yeah. Um, so a small step that you can do is to really consider charting your cycle and start with the basics, start with maybe even if this is a whole new concept to you, start with period tracking. Period tracking and cycle charting, they're two very different things, but starting to track your period is a beautiful segue into charting your menstrual cycle. So it could be simply taking out a calendar, um, opening up your, your, your phone and making a note of when was the first day of my last menstrual period, And how many days did I bleed? And how did I feel during that time? Because that's a very much a parameter that we can identify with. Trying to pinpoint when ovulation occurred, if this is a brand new concept for you, that's going to be overwhelming. Start with when was the first day of my period? What did it look like? And then the next step is how long was that overall cycle? And and start there. Just start knowing exactly how long each cycle is and how long you're bleeding. Perfect. Thank you for that. I think that's
0: great because I think, you know, just to start somewhere and to realize that you don't have to be a pro <laughs> on the first oh, day no. of charting your no, cycle, I yes. think there's that understanding like, okay, I should be able to do this. This is my body. I'll get it down in a week. And no, it takes time. I know it
1: does take time. And that's something that I really have to do a self reality check for myself because I have been doing this so long that it's second nature for me. And so I'm constantly having to put myself in the shoes of my clients who are coming to me hearing this for the very first time. And for those of you who may be feeling overwhelmed, I've been doing this for 15 years. It's part of just what I do and who I am, but that is my desire for every woman that I work with, that this becomes not just charting your cycle, but it becomes what I call living a charting lifestyle where you can't imagine not gathering this information every day because it tells such a powerful part of your overall story.
0: That is so great. I love that we're ending on this because I think this is just something, you know, if nothing else, you know, to realize that you don't have to do this alone. You can work with Melissa if you need help, that there are options and that you know, I'm, we'll be linking to all this in the show notes with the chart Neo app as well. Download it, you know, mm-hmm. just start monitoring, figuring out, okay, what are, what is my body telling me? How am I feeling? And I, I think what you said too, you know, that this is a, this is a space of being compassionate towards ourselves and that self awareness, and just recognizing, okay, what's going on? There's no judgment here. It's just figuring out how am I feeling and what am I doing? Because I think we're so quick, oftentimes, you know, when we're on our period that it's like, why can't I do more? Why am I so tired? This oh, is so hard. Oh, that's so
1: important. <laughs> and, and I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pro at charting and interpreting, but the whole living the charting lifestyle, this is a the journey and a struggle, even for me. And I'll just, you know, share it personally. Like for me, this past week, I'm, towards the end of my luteal phase, I typically don't feel the best. And I had a lot of stuff I wanted to get done. And my sweet husband, he was like, you know what? You need to do the hard work of relaxing for you. Relaxing is hard work. And I'm going to really encourage you to do that. So I just took Sunday and we watched a movie during the day, which I never do. We made a very simple meal. We spent some time outside and I just, I didn't even open my computer and Monday morning, I said, "Okay, I can hit the ground running." Monday morning, I've had a full day of rest, and so what typically would have been a very difficult day in my cycle, it wasn't that it was easy, but it was much more manageable because I created space and I allowed myself to, in my mind, do nothing. But that's not what I was doing. I was resting. I was working hard at resting, and that's what part of this is. It's it's being countercultural. It's about if we're that Type A personality and constantly love to go go, it's. Putting the brakes on that and saying no, I know what's best for me, even if I don't want it right now.
0: You're speaking to me right now too. (laughs) It's so true. The hard—I like how you phrase it—the hard work of resting because it can feel totally bizarre to do it. It's just like no, no, no. There's things to get done. There's things that need to happen. It's like this is honoring my body, you know. And Mm -hmm. again, like you said, ultimately charting and understanding how our bodies work. This is where we become our own advocates, and we really understand who we are, and we listen and know what we need and paying attention to that and actually acting on it. Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Melissa, for being on the show and sharing so much about your story, the work that you're doing with your online coaching program, your work with Neo Fertility and Chart Neo app. This is fantastic. And I can't wait to have this episode out for everyone to hear and listen to and learn more about you and connect with you. This is so good.
1: Oh, Bridget, it's absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation and I am always available to talk menstrual cycles. I can talk about it all day long. (laughs)
0: That's the best. That's the best when you know you're in a space where you're like, does not matter where you are or what you're doing? <laughs> this yes. is the topic for you. <laughs> That's Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you'd like to learn more about fertility awareness, visit www.managingyourfertility.com for more information, resources, guides, and so much more.